Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. It is December. We are getting down to the nitty gritty cold weather football in the NFL. Definitely had that on Monday night with the Bucks. Uh, opponent this weekend in the Buffalo Bills. We'll get to that in a little bit throughout the show. But as I said, we are Downey and Martez. I am Trey Downey, the Downey half of that dynamic duo. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. You can follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. But I'm saving the best for last. It's the Martez half of this dynamic duo. And you can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810, the one, the only. Vlin Martez. What's up, man? Good afternoon, everybody. How are you today? He like I think he liked that introduction for once. No, it was all right. <laughs> all right, Lynn. A ton to ton to get to today. Uh, got the social reminder out of the way. Just want to give a quick reminder wherever you're listening to this podcast, click that like or subscribe button. It helps us out a lot. More people will see the podcast because of the algorithms that these podcast platforms use uh, when they're uh, promoting the shows, like on the featured shows and things like that. And when people search for things, so that helps us out and let us know, leave us a review if you're on Apple podcasts and let us know what you think of the show we are putting out for you every single week. Lynn Martez this Sunday, 425 at Raymond James stadium, bucks and bills. We'll get to that later in the show, but First, we are going to rewind to last Sunday, Bucks and Falcons, and the Bucks complete the season sweep of the Dirty Birds from Atlanta. Atlanta, early in the game, had a lot going on offense, but the thing that I want to focus on from that football game, the thing that was most impressive to me and the thing that might prove to pay the most dividends as we get into this playoff stretch for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is how good that defensive line and that pass rush looked against Matt Ryan. I think five was the final count of sacks and Dominican Sue getting to him multiple times. That was the most impressive that the pass rush has looked to me all season. We did see, you know, other games where it was mobile quarterbacks where they were getting to the guy after he scrambled around a little bit, but Matt Ryan is not that guy. They dominated Atlanta's offensive line in the pass rush and when when you're getting into you know this playoff push and you're playing teams like a like a Green Bay like a like a Rams team and you want to get to Aaron Rodgers not as stationary as a as a Matthew Stafford but that's going to prove big time to be a big factor if the Bucks are going to continue this run and get to their second straight Super Bowl. Was that the most impressive thing for you on Sunday, or was there uh, something else that uh, piqued your interest? No, that that was that was pretty impressive in regards to the defense and the pressure they put up the middle. But it's it's rare to have that type of quarterback in the NFL that when you get the pressure up the middle, <laughs> Matt Ryan's going to be there. That's that's Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was like that at BC. Matt Ryan has been like that his whole career in Atlanta. You you get to the pocket and he's going he's going to be there. He's one of I want to say maybe 
less than a third of the league that is that 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 way now in the NFL and 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 this isn't an age thing that like I said that goes back to his days in college because although he maneuvers the pocket well he's not like he's not going to get outside the pocket a whole lot you know very rarely he's going to do what what Tom Brady has done a few times this year and bust out a nine ten eleven yard run for first down but I think more more important for me in regards to the defense was in this in the second half they didn't allow any points and it was a game in my eyes that at least after the second to last possession of the first half was in question because Tom Brady rare occasion mm-hmm. 38 to 51, 368 yards, four TDs, but he threw a pick six on a, a potential screen pass to Leonard Fournette. And that made it a three-point game. But again, the defense clamped down, didn't allow any points in the second half. And going into the final 30 minutes, you would have thought this game, again, was, was going to be close because of it only being a three-point lead and, and how Atlanta was able to move the football in the first half, although they only scored one offensive touchdown throughout the whole game. First drive, too. First or second drive. Their first opening possession. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, speaking of opening possessions, the Bucks threw the football 13 times their opening yep. possession. They threw it 13 straight times. They didn't run it at all in their, their opening possession and their, their scoring drive that led to a 75-yard scoring possession that gave them the seven-point lead, seven-nothing lead. But um, it, it was just weird watching watching them throw the football as much as they did when there are times you think that this team is could just – telling you, I, I honestly feel like if they ran it 30 times, dude, they'd be one of the best running teams in the NFL. That offensive line has been – has been stout, man. It has been so good, especially that right side, man. Tristan Wirfs is a beast, man. He 100%. is a beast. And this is not to sell Donovan Smith short, but that right side, if you watch the game, when they do run the football, and they only ran it 13 times. Leonard Fournette only ran it 13 times on, on Sunday. But when they run it, and they run to the right side, it's usually a productive play. They don't lose a whole lot of yards when they, when, uh, when they run to the right. And... Um, I'd like to see him run it more because that's what's going to get them to win a Super Bowl. Honestly, they, there's going to have to be, and yeah, they're nine and three, and you know, back to back winning seasons for the first time in, in over a decade. Last time they did it was like 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. But to win a Super Bowl, man, to make that run, you got to have balance. I and and like I said, it was kind of weird watching them throw it 13 straight times on that first drive. I'd like to see him run it more. I really would. And especially if if Ronald Jones is going to run as hard as he's been running lately, too. He's been running between the tackles. So there's going to come a time where they're going to need that running game. You know? Do you, do you think that this team, especially the the last two weeks, do you think that you're starting to see signs of the same team that peaked near the end of the season last year and – went on that huge run after that last loss in the, in the Kansas city game. Cause I'm starting to see some, I said a couple of weeks ago that that win against Indianapolis was the most impressive victory of the season for me, especially coming off of those, those bad losses. I think that we are starting to see this team 
come together and peak at the right time going into the playoffs again. Are you starting to see signs of that? Yeah. As much as I I mentioned the fact that they threw it 13 straight times, the opening drive, there's rhythm. There's rhythm in the offense. And that's like, for me, when I'm watching, whether it be preseason where, where guys or starters get one quarter or one drive or whatever, you want to see that. You want to see rhythm. You want to see everyone on the same page, the offensive line pushing the way they can. And I mean, in Atlanta, that's, that's what I watched. I watched them get everything they wanted to get. They got everything they wanted to get. And again, they weren't, I guess, great at running the football on Sunday. Because they chose not to be great at running the football. If they, they chose, didn't have to be either. Well, yeah, but at some at some point you're going to have to be. If yeah. you want to make another Super Bowl runner, you're going to win another Super Bowl. You're going to have to be. I don't even care if they get home field advantage, which is still up in the air. And they don't play somewhere where it's cold. God forbid if you end up playing where it looks like it looked on Monday night. It, when the bills goodness are- gracious yeah you know you, you get stuck you get stuck in one of those games but even if they don't have to do something as dire as that they're going to need their running game but again on sunday they got everything they wanted to get man it was and it was rhythm and it's you know tom 368 and just completing passes at will and other than the the the, the screen pass that you know that that shouldn't have been guy sharp, man. And another game, four TDs on the road this time, as opposed to being at home. It, 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 people can talk about other teams in the NFC and rightfully so Arizona's probably, you know, feeling themselves pretty well. Green Bay probably is, but that's where you stop when you talk about the teams better than the Buccaneers if you want to talk about teams better than the Bucs, if you, if you told me Arizona, Green Bay, better than the Bucs, I'll let you have that argument. But if you mention anyone else, oh, we're going to fight. And I mean verbally, we're going to fight. And I don't mean you personally. I mean anyone that comes to me and says, You're oh, that I- confident in a, in a Rams rematch? Even the, I know it was super early in the season, but is that just because of the way Stafford's played of late? Or what's your take on, on the Rams possibly being a, a dangerous opponent for the Bucs? Uh, well, you mentioned Stafford, and granted, well, it was week four or week five when they went to L.A., and they lost. Matt, I'm telling you, I told you a couple of weeks ago, Matt's going to have to win some games where they really matter for me to be like, yeah, okay, he's done something. Because lately, all he's done is thrown pick sixes. And bad interceptions, back-to-back-to-back game, two interceptions a game. And, and they've lost because of him. They've lost because of him. And Who's better they, this past weekend? Okay, fine. Whoop the dag on do. Um, it's a bad Jacksonville team. Yeah, exactly. And But as far as he's is concerned, there's whispers about him potentially being hurt or whatever. And Okay, that's fine. But this is where we're at. You know, the 2021 season's upon us. And we're, you know, we're talking about the week 14 and moving forward. Granted, there's an extra week this year, an extra game and everything. But 
you know, that 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 first weekend, wild card weekend is gonna come upon us quick. And you know what? Only one team's gonna be sitting and watching. So everybody's up for grabs. Everybody could go home after week one. And the Rams are gonna have to play a division winner. If they're gonna have to play Arizona, the Bucks, the Cowboys, or the Packers, and that right now it would be it would be Rams at Dallas and two quarterbacks that we don't necessarily trust in in the playoffs. But more more I mean, importantly, I, I I get it. They'll play a divisional winner, but they're going to do it on the road, and yeah. they're a different team away from SoFi as they are at home. They just are. Yeah. No, I'm with you, and that that's just a weird. If the Bucks were to somehow end up playing them in in the first round, I that's obviously your uh, least ideal matchup in Wild Card Weekend. If you don't get the bye, if you're the Buccaneers, just because of the way that game went early in the season and the the second two Wild Card teams, even though you've got some teams getting momentum now in a I mean, Minnesota's wildly inconsistent, so I don't even know if you can say they have momentum. Uh, maybe you want to see Washington again? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I, I'm with I'm with you on I'm with you on Washington, and then maybe I I don't know how if I think it's probably a three team race for that last wild card, maybe a four team because Minnesota got that win last night. But I think that San Francisco, Washington. Philadelphia, Minnesota, probably two out of those four teams are going to be the ones that end up getting the wild card. And if you're talking and who knows what it, what Philadelphia can do with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. I was screaming for that a long time ago. It's been one game, but he looked really good. He looked like the Gardner Minshew that had such a high completion percentage against and, in Jacksonville. Against who? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let the people know. Against who? Against the Jets. Yes, against yes, it the does Jets. matter. But, the, but they also play, I think they played the Giants two more times here too. Oh, no, but, that's fine. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about the fact yeah, yeah, that yeah. how yeah. they looked and how Minshew looked. Because you're not the only one that's talked about, oh, Minshew mania. I'm like, dude, you played the Jets. But at the same time, at the same time, this year, more than any other year, we've seen good football teams putting up stinkers against bad football teams. Yes. So we do have to give them credit. There, there, there have been those rare occasions that that has happened. But more than not, the good team beats the bad team badly. So are you saying the Eagles are a good team? No, they, relatively speaking, in the game against the Jets, they're the better team. Okay. Uh, but now let's, let's start to, let's start to move on because the NFC playoff picture will obviously get more into that once more games start to unfold and the picture becomes clear and we can really start to pinpoint who the Bucks might play on wildcard weekend, or if the Bucks are going to get that first round by honestly, if you're the Bucks, because they're behind you in the, in the loss column. Now you've got to be a Rams fan come this next uh, coming Monday night. We'll get more on that game when we get to our most intriguing games of the slate uh, at the end of the show. But let's talk about what most people would probably call other than that NFC West showdown on, uh, on Monday night football, the most intriguing game of the week. And that's bucks and bills 425. 
the CBS national game, Jim Nance and Tony Romo in the in the in the booth at Ray J as the Bucks face a Bills team who are coming off of a very tough loss to a Patriots team in a horrible weather game, a game that at some points people thought might get canceled on Monday night. You had Susie Culber and Adam Schefter getting blown out of their seats on the Monday night football, uh, football pregame show. I hope that we don't see another game with that kind of weather come the playoffs. I love a good winter weather football game, but when it's that windy to the point where it extremely, extremely impacts the game plan and what you're able to do, don't, don't love that. And I did say last week that I would come on this show and say, if the Patriots beat the bills on Monday night football, that the Patriots would win that division. And I have to stick to my word, but I do. I don't think that that game has as much bearing on how those two teams would match up in the playoffs because of, because of, because of the weather. I don't think that that game, I don't think you can take much away from that football game just because of, just because of what it was. But I will say that you're going to have an angry Buffalo team coming into Ray J on Sunday and a Buffalo team who likely, especially because the Patriots got that win, the the division is falling out of their grasp, grasp and really they're fighting for their playoff lives here. This is a huge game for, bu- <laughs> for, for, Buffalo, for Buffalo coming in and – Obviously, uh, obviously, the weather is going to be extremely, extremely welcome change going into what's it going to be in Tampa on Sunday? 80, 83, some, so, somewhere in there? Somewhere between the 75 and 75 and, and, and 79 degrees. You're a trip, man. Because, yeah, because the, the, there has to be a but. There is no but, dude. New England basically. I said put- I thought they're going to win the division. And with a but. There is no but. There's no but. New England told you, basically told the Bills, we're running the football. They do it four times. They basically told the Bills what they were going to do. Every single down. And what did the Bills do? They were not able to stop them. And not only that, you're playing in the same weather. Have some success. You want to know why you can't have the success? Because they are, weirdly enough, a cold weather team that can't play in cold weather. Why? Because they can't run the football. Why? Because their number one running back is their quarterback. That ain't going to work. At home, for them, they can, they're not going to get a home field advantage. But even if they did, and it was December and January, and you had games like that, like you had on Monday night, they would end up probably not winning that football game I don't unless think it, they played a warm-weather team. I don't think it's a cold thing. I think it's a wind thing more than anything else. Okay. You can throw the football in cold, in cold weather. Whatever when the, whatever the, whatever the 30, 40 is. mile an hour wind, what, that's a different no, story. No, because, dude, they are a, again, they are a finesse football team. What makes them a finesse football team is their number one running back is their quarterback. And he doesn't want it. He's not like when Cam, 2015, Cam was the Panthers' number one running back. But you know what they did? They ran a power 
offense. And they took advantage of having the MVP and having a 6'3", 6'4", 235, 40-pound quarterback who is like a linebacker hitting other guys. The Bills don't play that power game. Do you think that game looks exactly the same way if they're if, – if it's not that crazy windy? Why wouldn't it be? Listen, the Patriots don't have that same. They don't. They throw it more than three times. Okay, if there's but even not if they way. chose not to, even if they even if they chose not to and ran it, they told you based off of what they did all game long. It wasn't like they ran it in the first half and then all of a sudden came out in the second half and threw it, or vice versa. They stuck with the same. They stuck with the same game plan throughout the whole game. No, and I'm with you. What? And Josh the McDaniels deserves a them. ton of credit for that. A What's lot that? of people are. Josh McDaniels deserves a ton of credit for that. A lot of people are heaping a huge amount of praise on Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, I don't know how much involvement he has in the offensive game planning for this team, but I can tell you for a fact that before they arrived at that stadium up in Buff before they arrived in Orchard Park uh, for that game and saw what the weather was going to be like, that wasn't their game plan going into that game. And so many people are saying, oh, Bill Belichick absolutely demolished Sean McDermott. And Sean McDermott had some bad calls. Some of those calls to kick field goals in that weather, I hated them. But I will say that Josh McDaniels deserve, people are praising Belichick left and right. McDaniels deserves a ton of credit for flipping and saying that this is what we're going to do and having the confidence to do that. So I would give a ton of credit for Josh to Josh McDaniels for having the balls to, uh, to run a game plan that way. And heck, Josh McDaniels is the guy who drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. So a lot of people associate McDaniels with the Brady pass heavy kind of offenses, but he likes this too. And we saw that. No, on no, 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 no. Listen, McDaniels does what, what needs to be done to win football games. I mean, when, when uh, teams took away the run from New England, they bubble screened you to death. That was their running game. They won a Super Bowl 15-3 by running the football. Why? Because the Rams gave them, gave them that. That's what they do. They adjust. They, they're the best when it comes to second half adjustments for years for decades say whatever you want whether it's mcdaniels whether it's belichick on defense the Patriots have been they've been it they've been the benchmark when it comes to the last two decades when it comes to second half adjustments again okay what do you do well that's why i said to you when it comes to the patriots not only do they do the things that make you successful in the playoffs, they also continuously take away what you do well. As long as they have the personnel, they're going to do that. And they do it defensively and they do it offensively. Okay, you want to take the run away? Okay, we're going to throw it. Or you want to take the you want to take the passing game away? Or we're going to run it. Dude, they ran it on Monday night with two guys. And again, I'll say it again. Buffalo knew it was coming and still you. could not stop it. My biggest question with with the Patriots is still you talk about trusting a quarterback in January and every game is not going to be like that. And are you going to be able to trust Mac Jones as a rookie quarterback to make the plays in the in the fourth quarter to beat a 
to beat a Patrick Mahomes or to beat a Lamar Jackson. That's it's, that's fair, but that's you know what? what? I see. You know what he hasn't done? That's fair, but you know what he hasn't done? He hasn't, he hasn't lost. Him. He yeah. hasn't lost those games. Okay, yeah. so your question is fair, but only because he hasn't been in those situations yet. That's the only reason why it's fair, because he's he hasn't been in those situations already. There are guys <laughs> that he will either face or in the other conference, he potentially could face him in the Super Bowl, but there are guys that are in the NFC that have had their opportunities and have not been successful. And there are guys in the AFC, same thing, that have not been successful. So we can talk about Mac Jones not winning a playoff game, but only because he hasn't been in the playoffs yet. And again, they're going to set him up for success better than anybody sets guys up for success. Listen, back in August and September, everyone was like, oh my God, you know, the Patriots are going to have another bad year like they had last year. No, 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 no. They didn't have a good year last year. It wasn't so much because of the way things went on the football field. They went into every game last year with questions of quarterback. That was the problem. That was the problem. For the first time in two decades, they had questions at quarterback. They no longer have those questions at quarterback. And they set that quarterback up for success better than anybody else in the NFL. All right. So let's more talk about the Bills and how do you think that they match up on Sunday against the Buccaneers? Well, look, we talked about Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan being at the, inside the pocket and getting there. This is going to be different because Josh is going to make some plays. Josh Allen's going to make some plays. And he's got, he's got a stud number one wide receiver. He's got a stud tight end, Dawson Knox. They got weapons. Manuel Sanders is having a decent year. They have weapons. My issue is when it comes to the Bills is eh, sketchy on the, in the running game. But I will say this much about their running backs. They can catch it. Matt Breida can catch it. Singletary can catch it. So their type of offense is not the ideal offense when it comes to ground and pound and being, being diverse. Because, again, it's going to be about Josh Allen, and it's going to be about him making plays with his feet and also buying extra time to get the ball downfield to Diggs and Sanders and, and to uh, get into those safety valves. But it, it's a dangerous game. Their strengths are kind of the Bucks. Their strengths on offense are kind of the Bucks' weaknesses on defense, for sure. I'll say that. Well, only because we. I mean, we've been talking about the. We've been talking about the 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 Bucks. You know, I guess secondary issues throughout the whole year, whether it be injuries and, and even mm-hmm. guys now still banged up. I mean, Whitehead's still banged up. Uh, Dean is still banged up. Sherman. Carlton Davis doesn't look a hundred percent. Yeah, yet. I mean he's working his way back to, yeah. to being a hundred. But you mentioned Sherman. By the but, what do you think of the Sherman yeah, safety? Moving to safety? Yeah. I mean, when when he first got signed, I talked about him playing <laughs> playing in this defense that's probably going to use him more in zone and as a safety. That's probably what he'll he'll do a lot of because. You're not expecting him to 
to take on, you know, one-on-one tight ends, that kind of deal when it, when it comes to moving to safety. You're expecting him to, to be that, uh, that over the top when it comes to, when, when it comes to making sure nobody gets deep. Center fielder, kind of. Yeah, but you're not expecting him to. You're not expecting him to to win one on one battles the way Winfield did in, in, in Indianapolis. You know, you're not expecting that. You expect him to, you know, to to not to give you a veteran leadership to where where they're not blowing coverages. To where to where if someone gets deep on this secondary, that there'll be that safety Richard Sherman back there. Because he's been in this league so long. And like I said, he won't blow coverages. Yeah, to me, this game, and if you've seen our predictions yet on BucksNation.com from the entire (laughs) staff, I am the lone person on the Bills this weekend. And I I kind of explained why in, you know, me previewing this game. I think that this is a desperate Buffalo team coming to Tampa They're angry after that loss, even though, yes, they are on a short week. But I still think Buffalo's a a very good team, and I would be surprised if they missed the playoffs. And this is important for them making the playoffs. And I will say this. I think that if the Bucs are going to lose another game the the rest of the season, this will be it. I don't see another loss on the the Bucs' schedule uh, before we we get to playoff time. So – it's important for the Bucks too, because if you go in 14 and three, you're very close. Like for them not to get home field, Arizona would have to run the table. So that this is an important game for Tampa Bay too. But I think that it's a dangerous Buffalo team who are good at some of the things that you would consider the Bucks weaknesses. I do think that it will be a little bit of a shootout. I'm not expecting the Bucks to the Bills to come into Ray J and blow the doors off the the Buccaneers and the Bucks have clearly been better at home this season than on the road so that changes things I could even see this game going into overtime I think it's that close of a of a matchup because of what the Bills are good at and because they are a desperate team coming into Sunday and I think that the Bills are going to win a very close game because if you come out of this game with your with what are the bill? The bills would be what seven and six. Yep. If they were to if they were to lose on Sunday, leading leading the Miami Dolphins, surging Miami Dolphins by one game. If the Bills lose on Sunday, and you're not even gonna not even just Miami, you're gonna have to worry about an Indianapolis team who's seven and six, who right now I think might be the most dangerous team in the AFC. If they get into the playoffs, that's a dark horse Super Bowl contender to me. Why in Indianapolis? Why? Not because Jonathan Taylor, because Jonathan Taylor is, yeah. it's not just because they can run the football. It's because right now, especially in the absence of Derrick Henry, they have the best running back in the NFL. And it's not just a running back. It's the offensive line too. Well, you have the of best course running it is. Back. That's part of the running game, but yeah. that's the running game. No one's, no one's singling out Jonathan Taylor. I'm telling you, flat, I'm flat out telling you the Colts may be a dangerous team. Why? Because they can run the football, whether it's because of, was because of the combination of the running back and the offensive line, that wins playoff games. That's number one. Number two is, you know what the Colts are learning? To not rely on Carson Wentz. <laughs> That's what they're learning. Are they learning it? Because they now, did. If, I'll tell you what. The if Bucks. they don't, then your statement you just made about being so dangerous won't be dangerous because they can't rely on him. 
He's another guy. Again, he's another guy that when you start making that list of quarterbacks that have not won playoff games, guess who's up there? Carson Wentz. Is Mahomes really the only guy that you can truly trust in the in the him. AFC? Based off the year he's having this year? Yeah, so who Based do you trust? Based off of that who, offense? Lamar finally got over the hump and won a playoff game and won a playoff game last year. Oh, we're talking I, about just simply winning winning a playoff game. That's one thing, but I'm talking about making a playoff run for 2021. Yeah, I don't trust any of them. I ain't no AFC in the, in the AFC. Yeah, that's what I was that's that's kind of where I was going with that. Just quickly. But here's the thing though, too. You're asking those quarterbacks to overcome their team's weaknesses because all those teams we talk about too have weaknesses baltimore was ravaged before the season even started with injuries and they got more injuries this past week they've lost cornerbacks marl humphrey got hurt so they're banged up but you're asking lamar to overcome those issues they have on that football team. They're actually an underdog. They're Cleveland's favored on Sunday against, you're against at, Baltimore. Again, you're, at, you're asking the elite quarterbacks to overcome, the elite quarterbacks in AFC to overcome their team's shortcomings, with the exception of your boy in Indianapolis, Carson Wentz, who all he has to do <laughs> is do it right 20 times. And I mean, throw the football right 20 times. Because you talk about the running game, and granted, it's it, it coincides with Taylor and the offensive line. But here's the thing. Just like you watched on Monday night, and just like you watched the Bucks go through it when they were in Indianapolis, they are going to run the football, meaning the Colts. And guess what? They're going to be successful in running the football, even <laughs> when you know it's coming. That's how good they run the football. All right, let's look ahead to the rest of the slate this weekend. Uh, Bills and Bucks, one of the games of the weekend. I'll get to Monday night football, and we'll, we can start talking about that as well. Rams and Cardinals. The Rams are two games back of Arizona, and Arizona already won the first matchup between those two this weekend. If the Rams want any hope of winning the division, they have to go into Glendale on Monday night and win that football game. You're not going to come from behind, uh, come from three games back with having lost both games to Arizona. So that's a game to pretty much tie up the division if you're, if you're Arizona on Monday night. You've got Falcons and Panthers uh, at Bank of America Stadium and in what is essentially a playoff eliminator. Probably the loser of that game is finally out of it in terms of a wild card in in the you NFC. Say that. You say that? I said finally out of it. No, no, no. You you say yeah. that. You mentioned playoffs, and you mentioned that the loser being eliminated. The winner was only six and seven. Still stinks. The winner um, stinks too. Both uh, those teams stink. They're, another... four games, they're four games back of the first place team in a the division. They stink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about a game that is very intriguing in a game and a team that a couple of weeks ago, we said stinks the Washington football team. They're six and six and they're welcoming in the Dallas Cowboys who have not looked that great as of late. Dallas is still a four and a half point favorite on the road. But if you come out of Sunday, Washington wins that football game. All of a sudden they're one game back of the Cowboys in the NFC East, when for the majority of this season, we've, you know, penciled Dallas in as 
the division winner. I don't think Dallas is in danger of falling out of the playoffs because of uh, because of how bad the the bottom half of the wild card picture is in the NFC. But there there's a big difference if you're Dallas in hosting uh, hosting a wild card or having to go to a uh, to a Green Bay or a Tampa Bay or an Arizona on wild card weekend. That's a think big of, game. Think about this. This is this is what we learned in, in the last two weeks. Thanksgiving Day, the Raiders go into Dallas and win. Then they go back home and host the Washington football team and lose 17 to 15. They went to Dallas and scored 30 plus points and won a football game where they allowed a a special teams touchdown. They allow 30 plus points and yet they go back home and they lose to the Washington football team. Granted, the Washington football team is on a one. It started against the Bucks, but I also remember the first part of the season. I also remember this football team, the Washington football team who struggled to score more than one touchdown in football games the early part of the season. And guess what? They only scored 17 in Vegas this past week. I'm still not buying them. Still not buying them. And what's weird is they're actually playing better offensively. And I'm still not buying them. Antonio Gibson is on, has been balling the last couple of weeks. McLaren is, is, a, is a true number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. It all depends if you believe in Taylor Heineke. And guess who doesn't believe in him? Me. <laughs> That's just imagine though what it's what it's gonna be like in Dallas and the and those fans if they lose to a divisional divisional rival like that and I'd all like of a nothing, sudden the I'd, division I'd, is I'd up like for grabs. <laughs> I like nothing better after 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 having to concede how well those cowboys looked the first part of the season. But if they were to lose on Sunday in Landover, oh, it would be so much fun. But I don't think they're going to because I'm still not a believer Heineke. And I, I don't. I, I, and listen, I remember the playoff game he had against the Bucks. That was basically. I mean, you can you can argue that Heineke had a better game against the Bucks than Aaron Rodgers did in the NFC Championship game. Why I don't even like think that? that that's a. I, I was going to say I don't even think that's a hard argument to have. Oh I no 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 no! People people no. It, it, it's it's factual, but yeah. people will be like people will, people will hear Aaron Rodgers and think Taylor Heineke and think, oh no, Aaron Rodgers had to have the better game. No, he didn't. Taylor Heineke did, <laughs> and he was this close, this close from from bumping the Bucks out in the first round, but. Still not buying him. Still not. So, really quickly before that's the we, same guy. Like I said, that's the same guy that led that offense the early part of the season to games where they only scored one touchdown. Really quickly before we get out of here, this is an NFL podcast, but you've got probably the most famous award in all of sports: the Heisman Trophy being awarded on Saturday night in New York City. Lynn Martez. Uh, I think it's a given of who is going to win at this point, but are you having watched all of college football this season? Are you on the bandwagon that Bryce young is actually the best player in college football, the Alabama quarterback. 
as opposed to the other finalists, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterback, uh, Hutchinson, the, the Michigan defensive end, and Kenny Pickett, the Pittsburgh quarterback? You know what's weird is Young could end up winning two Heismans. Yeah, he's a sophomore. And it's real tough for me to argue that he's not the best player in college football if you win back-to-back Heismans. Like, how crazy would it be for me to tell you, no, he's not the best player in college football? I don't think he's the best. I don't think he's the best on Alabama this year. I think their their edge rusher Will Anderson is the best player on that. Team. Yeah, well, let, let, okay, that's fine. That's fine, and we can talk. We can talk. We can talk NFL potential, but we're yeah. talking about the best player in college football. And for me to sit here and tell you it's not Bryce Young today, and then twelve months from now have him be in a similar situation where he'll be the number one draft pick in the NFL. God willing, he stays healthy. I mean, it is, it, if the guy wins back-to-back Heisman's, you got to be the best player in college football, dude. I just, my biggest thing is I don't think that he is this year. I don't think he's the best player on Alabama. I'm on the picket for Heisman bandwagon. If you've seen my, if you've seen my Twitter, you know that. How interesting would it I don't See, I here's, think a, here's your problem. Here's your uh-huh. problem. Uh-huh. Your problem is, is that it's not a matter of, like, it's who you like. No, no, no. Oh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you not this who, all the time. It's, you no, no, this no. But th- this is this is not the case. I think a big part of the reason why Young is getting is because he's the Alabama quarterback. Stroud, even more so. Stroud does not deserve to, to deserve it to be in New York, in my opinion, especially over guys like Anderson and guys like Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. I think that the I think that the Heisman voters too much just look at oh, the quarterback of this team, and that's who's going to get my vote. You can't convince me that if you – Alabama, obviously, they're the number one team in the nation, and Joey Knight of the Tampa Bay Times pointed this out to me when I tweeted this on Saturday about how much better I thought Alabama could be with Kenny Pickett as their quarterback. Yes, they're the number one team in the country, but I think they're even more prolific with Pickett. Now, Young, especially with what he could do next year – could be that guy, could be the best player. But for this season, for 2021, I think that Kenny Pickett is a better college football player than Bryce Young. And it's hard for me to vote for Young when I think that Anderson is the best player on the team. Because this isn't the MVP of college football. It is the most outstanding player. I'm going to blow your argument up because going into this time last week, that SEC championship game, a lot of people, a lot of people were thinking, Georgia's going to win that football game. I was one of those people. Raise my hand right here. Yeah, me too. Georgia's going to win that football game. And, and is Alabama going to get in the college football playoff as a two-loss team? That was the conversation. Okay? This guy took down, and I'm talking about Bryce Young, and mm-hmm. granted, when I say this guy, I mean, he, along with his offense, scored 38 points against the team that was supposed to be, it was supposed to be college football 2021, Georgia, and everybody else. And what did they do? <laughs> they certainly surprised you. They surprised me. And I'm talking about the Crimson Tide. They went out there and put up 38 points against the team that was supposed to be such a, such a stout defensive team. Okay? That's another reason why. 
Bryce Young is the Heisman Trophy winner and should be the Heisman Trophy winner. You can give me pick it all you want, and he's had his moments in the ACC, but guess where he's had his moments? <laughs> in the ACC. <laughs> and in 2021 can, ACC. What's yes, that? And in, the, and in the ACC in 2021, a down year. They lost to yeah. Western Michigan. Yeah. I'll be, like, if they don't lose – it. Likely, if they don't lose that game, they lost by like three, I think, to Western Michigan. There's a good chance that Pitt's a Pitt's a playoff team. Okay. So no, no, no. But I'm not saying that that that's an argument in favor of that. But I do think that the there is that SEC so you, bias. So you want? So you want? So you want to tell me he's the best player in college football this year in yes, a down do conference, so. and they lost to Western Michigan. They're, they're the Pitt's deep Pitt's defense is is uh it on is the not, D. is not great. Like, I mean, hey, listen, and, and you know what's funny? You say that because last week I, along with others, was saying how Alabama's defense is not as great as it's been in previous years. And listen, when you when you're Alabama and you and you got you got five stars on your depth chart throughout, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you're going to feel the effects of constantly sending guys to the NFL on both sides of the football. Well, offensively, they haven't been feeling it. Defensively, a little bit this year. But even even though they felt it this year, when it mattered most against Georgia, the team that was supposed to be Georgia and everybody else in college football, they beat them convincingly. For sure. And and they- that's why, say with me, Bryce Young is the best player in college football. I'm not going to say that. I'll say that you he's going to. to win. I, say, going, I said it for you. He, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I have no doubt in that. But is it? It just, uh, I mean, listen, if you want to sit here, we can sit here for over an hour, two hours, and pick and choose the best play at each position and say, well, you know what? Narrow it down and say, oh, I got the best play in every position. Well, you know what? This guy's better at his spot than Bryce Young is at quarterback. If you want to sit here and do that, but that's not Mm -hmm. how it's done. You know that's not how it's done. No, I know, and it's been and it's been however long since a since a defensive player won won the Heisman Trophy. I mean, we finally saw Devontae Smith break through and get a wide receiver the award just a couple of years ago. It's interest. It's interesting to me. I don't think there's a lot of drama going into Saturday night. I just do want. I did want to get give Kenny Pickett some love. The uh, the quarterback class going into this year's NFL draft is absolutely fascinating. Pickett is by no means as of yet a slam dunk number one pick. It would be very interesting, especially considering what's going on with Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, if he somehow ended up playing his NFL games in the same games that he played his college games. But I think he'll probably be off the board before Pittsburgh picks, unless Pittsburgh were to lose out or something like that. But very interesting, uh, very interesting case. We're going to have bowl season uh, creeping up here. It's one of my favorite times of year in sports. I, I still, I still love all the bowl games. We've got the college football playoff coming up, the NFL playoffs. I absolutely cannot wait. We will be back here next week to break down what happens in Bucks and Bills and preview Bucks versus Saints on Sunday night football as the Bucks are going to be in position to possibly eliminate 
a division rival from playoff contention. Yes, I know they aren't a good football team, and whoever gets those last two wild cards aren't winning anything. But still, when you're playing the Saints, the Bucs would definitely take pleasure in knocking them out of a playoff push. He is Lynn Martez. You can follow him on Twitter at LMart810. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. I am Trey Downey. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.